This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 453, recorded on July 23rd, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find your way in your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy.tv studios here in a sunny and hot tonight, Mike. A typical Nebraska buggy hot evening. But I'm going to tell you, my lawn, my lawn looks fantastic. Like, I have been watering. Really? I'm sure I'm going to have like a $1,000 water bill. Because <laughs> I have, like uh, this, this is the summer of, uh, of of lawn watering, and I'm not every other day. I mean, I'm, it's front one day, back the next, front the, because well, it's been super hot. And then I put down some, I put down some iron. You know, uh, I did the Scotts number three treatment like last weekend, and it then we got rain and it all green. God, dude, it looks so great. So how's mine looks life? awful. <laughs> well, you've been I- out. Well, I've been out and I, I don't have much shade in my yard. I've noticed that the areas that are shaded, my backyard looks great. Uh, I just have my front yard is so large with no shade that it's um, and I didn't have I, I needed to have a third. So my sprinkler system runs uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and it goes like four and six. And I need to turn on in the summer. I really need an eight, eight a.m. to like three rounds of a little bit of water. And so I finally when I got back from vacation, I was like, oh, that's bad. I need to. Um, turn on the third round. So now, hopefully, going forward, it should be good. But man, bringing it back once it's brown, we talked about this last yeah. time. It's gonna be difficult. So we'll I'll, uh, I'll give you guys an update if I'm able to bring it back at all. Once it goes dormant, just let it, kinda... let it stay dormant through the fall. Yeah. Of course, what's not do- dormant is our show notes, and we'll have a few for you here out at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our mobile app. Uh, it's still available and available for free if you want to download it. HomeGadgetGeeks.com is the way to get that done. Thank our Patreon subscribers who help me pay for that uh, each and every year. And, uh, and and then don't forget, you can follow us on Eventbrite, although I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that this week because I haven't updated it uh, yet this week. But if you want to, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash, no, go out to theaverageguy.tv.eventbrite.com and you can see when I'm posting it, what is coming up. We do have a few shows coming up that I need to get posted this weekend. Big thanks to Paul Brarin and Jay Madison, the last two guests that was on, Paul came on and did a bang up job uh, talking about what Paul talks about. We, Mike, we rambled through I think twenty different topics in the hour and a half, nice. hour and forty minutes that I had Paul on. He does a great job. And then of course Jay came in and knocked it out. We spent mm, an hour and some change just on his desk. Like it's pretty impressive. So if you've you haven't missed those shows in true Home Gadget Geeks form, that's really the epitome of the Home Gadget Geeks show. If you missed those, go back and listen to Paul and Jay. Big thanks to them for being on the program and big thanks to them for just being good friends of the network and everything that do. Mike, you're looking good tonight. You got a new camera there? I do, yeah. Um, Well, not a new camera, actually. This is a very old camera that's been repurposed. So what happened is I actually saw um, someone on Twitter was talking about a very cheap HDMI capture USB device. And uh, I'll actually here, I I can pull it up on... On the screen here for you guys who are watching, if I can get to it real quick, one second. But essentially, the whole theme behind this was usually an HDMI capture device is a very expensive device. Um, you're talking two hundred dollars, and I was I wasn't going to do that. I have one in my computer actually for my Xbox for when I used to stream. 
Um, I never really thought about using that for a camera, but I've always had my Xbox plugged in. So I never thought about doing it with my camera. But here is the secret sauce here. And let me share my screen. Um, application window. Here we go. So this little device, surprisingly enough, I was very skeptical. Uh, it's $23. But what it does is it allows you to capture anything that's via HDMI. So you could do a, a console, in my case, a camera, and you can plug it in. This thing needs no drivers. It just shows up and works. Like I plug this thing in, Stream uh, StreamYard picks it up, Teams picks it up, whatever it is, picks it up. Uh, and I, so I, then after I bought it, I ordered it. And I'm like, well, shoot, now I should probably go read some reviews. <laughs> Cause I just like for $23, I'm like that, that's worth it. And actually I was talking to Kirshner about this out and he's out in chat and he's been a guest on the show. Um, and he said that Epos Vox, which is a very popular stream doctor type, like he should, tells you how to do live streams. He reviewed it and he had the same reaction. He's like, this thing is crazy. This literally replaces some of the very expensive capture devices for $23 and works really well. So that's what you guys are seeing me on right now. And, uh, and again, so 23 bucks, there'll be a link to that in the show notes, by the way. So I, once I grabbed that, I'm like, okay, well I have a DSLR that has literally been, where am I pointing right here? It's been sitting on this counter for forever. Uh, we got it from my wife, uh, about when we got married. So five years ago, four, four years ago, five years ago, we got it for her because she thought she really wanted to use a DSLR for capturing images of the kids. Turns out iPhones are just fantastic and you have them with you all the time. You never carry around a DSLR. So it ended up on the shelf. Well, um, so this is a Nikon D3300. Uh, again, not, not the latest and greatest, nothing great. Doesn't even have a flip out screen, but what it does have, it has mini HDMI out. So I did have to get a mini HDMI to full size HDMI cable. That's it. Uh, but it's a clean output. So what I mean by that is like when you guys are seeing this, you're not seeing all the info about the camera. You're seeing a clean output from whatever's on the camera out to it. So a Nikon D3300. Kirshner was asking about the lens earlier. This is an 18 to 55 millimeter lens, stock lens that comes on it. Um, I would love to be able to use the larger zoom lens because it has a much deeper, more rich depth of field, but I can't get my camera that far back. Um, this camera, I can reach out and I can almost touch the screen right now. So that's how far away it is from me. But I think it still provides a really good depth of field from my workbench, which is not that much further. Again, I can turn around and touch my workbench. So it provides a little bit of that depth of field, really good color. Obviously, it's a DSLR. The only downside about this, I would not suggest, this is not one of those things of go get this camera for live streaming because it will only stay on this mode for 30 minutes. So what I have to do is actually, I got a second little device and this is also very cheap from Amazon, uh, about $20. This is a remote that you plug into the remote port on the Nikon, $20, plugs in up top, sits in the shoe mount, and this allows me to focus it remotely. And as long as I hit this every 30 minutes, we're good to go. So what I wanted to use this for mainly was making YouTube videos on my own. And the hardest part for me about using this Nikon is there's no flip out screen. So I can't tell if I'm in focus or not. Well, now I just aim it at me. I'll do it right now, actually, so I don't have to do it in the next 30 minutes. Press the button, and you guys kind of saw it zoom in, zoom out there, and, and focus on me, which is really nice. So uh, overall setup works great. I wish it didn't have that 30-minute limitation. One guy I saw online, he said, here's a hack. Put a, uh, a hair tie around the autofocus so it's just awesome constantly half pressed down and then it will never go to sleep. So that's good. The other thing I got for the camera is a 
power supply that plugs into the battery port. So this camera does not have like an option to plug into power full time, but you can get a battery that has a cord out the bottom. So it thinks it's on battery power, but it's actually just full constant power. So this thing's plugged into a wall outlet. It's not on battery. It's never going to run out of power. Um, so two little things there. So, you know, overall what I spent after I already had the camera was probably about uh, $55 on uh, the battery kind of charger AC unit, the capture device, and then also this, this, remote. It's a little bit more than that. But uh, I think it works great because especially for, for YouTube content, being able to sit here at my desk and make a video like this and have higher quality video than I would have out of my C920. Not knocking the C920, still a great camera, but uh, I think this looks a little bit better. I could also record straight to the SD card, pull that out. If I'm not recording in something like OBS, I could record that SD card, pull it out and, and edit um, externally. The other thing that I like to do with it is I can actually route all my microphones through my digital recorder and into the camera. So it's all synced. Um, syncing in post isn't really a big deal anymore. That's pretty easy to do. But, uh, right now I have actually this boom arm that we talk. Oh, it's actually in frame. I never noticed that. It's so black. You can't tell. Oh yeah. That. Yeah, here yeah. in the corner. Uh, right. you don't really know what that is. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. my boom mic, um, which I don't want to move right now. Uh, but I can also route that down and plug into the DSLR as well so that everything is is synced there. Um, but the one thing I just did notice, Jim, is when, you, when I'm talking about something up close, I would have to, it, you know, there's no autofocus, right? Yeah. This isn't a C920. So I would have to hit that focus button. Not a big deal. I could just hit it while I'm with the remote. Um, but overall, well, different kind of like lens, it. right? This isn't, this one is, I have the autofocus turned off, but it's still okay because it's a different, it's designed for this right. field right that you get here where that is different yeah the depth of field here is so shallow right it's such a small measurement that it's only really in focus right here even if i move up a little bit i'm going to be out of focus um with this camera and i like it i think it provides a little bit more um option for me and it was a camera that i already had sitting around no native Windows recorder, right? For capture, capturing uh, HDMI. You read my, oh, for capturing. I, I just want, Jim, what I'm looking for is any native app that records video. Yeah. Because yeah. I even thought, you know, DaVinci Resolve doesn't allow you record straight in. Um, so I've been using OBS. That's yeah. really the only thing I've been finding. It, you know, on the Mac, it's so easy. The Mac, you can record with QuickTime. You can start a new. So I downloaded QuickTime thinking it would be the same on Windows. You can't do that here. Um, I'm so used to working on the Mac that on the Windows side now, I don't know what a good, so if you guys have a good app that captures video via, you know, select your video input, select your mic input, record, I would love that because I do not know. I've just been using OBS. Check the, um, check, I guess there's an Xbox recorder app. Oh, that, that's yeah, a good point. Now that I think about that, it's yeah. just built into the. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's built yeah, in. That, that, that should, maybe that will work. I think that's a um, Windows key G pops up that. I, um, I do believe that dashboard. Believe. Yeah, yeah, I use that when I'm playing on the PC, yeah. but I also want to party chat with Xbox players. I've heard that several times, but I've never used it. Yeah, should have. I I just use Streamyard. To be honest, I go into Streamyard right. capture. I'd probably get better resolution if I use that. that you actually. totally would, because yeah. this is limited. I noticed to 720p. So um, even though my camera is 1080, this is limited to 720. But even you know, even OBS, right? You still have to. You're messing with bit rate. It's not native off the camera. I would love an application that would just like, hey, what's what's being brought in by the camera? I'm just going to record that. Right. If it's 60 FPS, if it's 30 FPS with OBS, you're setting all those ahead of time. So if I'm, you know, if I'm bringing in at, at 30, then that's what it's going to do. Um, but this camera is outputting at 60 right now to FPS. I would love to be able to record a video at 60, 
um, without having to mess with all those OBS settings. So I don't know if you guys have anything like that, let me know. And I'll check out the uh, Xbox recorder. That's, that's a good point. Tony also says the camera. Oh, no, that's not the right one. The camera app. Oh, my, my lighting just went bad or my video just went bad. When I opened the camera app, it must have reset my oh, it must yeah, have reset right. the camera. See how, see how that went? It must have set it to default. Oh, I didn't know camera app did that. That's so another one to that check. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've gotten so far away from those things. I guess some of the ga- the gamers are using them and such, but we've gotten so far away from those things in Windows that I just don't even I don't even think of them anymore. It turned on. By the way, when I started the camera app, something to know, live streamers, it took my it took control of the Logitech C920 and turned on auto gain and white balance, and it pushed auto gain all the way up. Interesting. So yeah, not maybe maybe uh, something you, know, you don't necessarily want to do in the middle of a program. Because the one thing I, I want to do a lot for my the Dad Nerd channel is do um, tutorials, right, and recording screen. When I was on a Mac, there's an app called ScreenFlow that you can get, and it is the most amazing app for literally creating screen recording tutorials. What it does, what makes it so good, is it says, hey, what camera are you using? And then it just, where do you want to record on the desktop? What mic are you using? You hit record, and what it does is it creates separate tracks for here was your camera the whole time, here was your desktop the whole time, and you so you can move it around. You know, OBS, if I record that and my camera's in the bottom left corner of OBS, it's there, right? In the end final video, there's no moving my camera around. With ScreenFlow, it was, well, here, they're on separate tracks. So if at any time you want your camera to disappear, and this is in post, which is great. So you can just record, not worry about where your camera positioning's at, not worry about any of that. And then in post, you can say, okay, put my camera here. Oh, wait, now I'm showing a portion of my screen where you need to see that area, move my camera down here, make my camera disappear. And there really isn't a good affordable um, alternative for that on Windows. So I've actually been finding myself considering do I bring my Mac laptop down here for creating those tutorials? And then, and then, you know, I guess doing all my other videos, the hard part for me is that those, my Macs cannot edit 4k. They're old enough that that's just not a thing. Um, this new computer is, is great for 4k, but again, I, I have not found a good alternative for yes. Um, Camtasia Nathaniel mentions is that is the replacement. It's just expensive. Yeah. Uh, I got used to ScreenFlow being a, a pretty affordable option, and maybe it's not anymore. I bought ScreenFlow a long time ago, uh, and I've just had the license. So maybe Camtasia is something I just need to get and uh, and bite the bullet and go with that. He mentions Loom and Screenify. Uh, Tony clarifies, oh, not screen capture. We're talking about the camera app on Windows. So, um, Oh, that's fine. And I actually wasn't even talking. Yeah, for when I was talking about just capturing, I would just want a basic bring it in and record a video, right? If I want to do a talking head video, uh, I was going to talk about ham radio the other day. And I just want to sit in front of the computer. I want to make a real quick video, talk about my ham radios, call it good, and and be done. And I, I was like, wait, on Windows, I don't know how to do that, which is weird. You know, we've, we've been, you and I, Jim, have been doing video stuff for forever. I'm just new on the Windows side. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Fired up OBS, and that was what I did. I have a StarTech card that I bought a couple years ago that does HDMI capture, and it comes in um, a USB. It's got a, a DVI, HDMI, and a, oh, what's the other, what's the third one? VGA, actually does oh, have yeah. VGA in there. And um, it, that works well, too. What's, we did that. Um, we actually uh, did a live um, a call to coach from a conference center, and I had a, you know, TV quality camera that, that was shooting all the way across the room, and he gave me an HDMI cable, and it was great. 
Beautiful. So I think I paid 65 bucks for that thing. So you can, those capture cards, you said this one was 23. Yeah. StarTech makes them there. The HDMI capture used to be expensive. Now it's kind of standard. Right. I think well, you shouldn't pay any more than a hundred bucks. Unless you're doing pass through. So what makes it expensive is if you need, for example, um, for a lot of, if you're streaming video games and you want your console, you need HDMI into the computer and it also needs an HDMI out. So it just passes it right through to your monitor. Otherwise you're playing on a delay. Like right. if I use this one, I'm showing you, I showed you guys earlier for Xbox, I would have to be playing via my computer and there'd be a slight delay, which you don't want. You want pass through. So I have an Elgato HD 60 pro in my computer right now. Um, that's like the PCI version, right? It's a PCI card in there that has the two HDMI in the back. And I use that for Xbox all the time. I actually even haven't, I haven't been streaming, but I forgot that's how I hooked this thing holding up. And uh, I actually noticed it the other day, my computer was off when I got back from vacation, fired my Xbox up. I'm like, why is it not showing up on the screen? What is going on? It's because there was no power to the PCI card, <laughs> which is doing the pass through. I forgot that I had routed it through my computer. Um, that's how low latencies I never noticed. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. When I put this topic in the show notes, I thought it'd be 30 seconds. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, well, you know, you, you never no, it's know. So great. You it's, so, it's so great. No, we put it up top and I was, just, it was just going to be, Hey, new camera in a conversation, but so much great information. Great reminder on that Xbox app. Great reminder on yeah, HDMI totally. capture uh, using different cameras. It's funny. What's the model on that camera again, Mike? Icon D3300. Okay. No, but again, I would not suggest going yeah. out and buying this. Yeah. But if you, the great part, the, what I'm trying to get a point across is you might have a DSLR camera sitting on a shelf or in a bag somewhere or something you use all the time. You're like, I didn't even think about the fact that I can use this for live streaming now because these capture cards are so cheap. If it has HDMI out on it, you're good to go. It's it's going to work great. And um, obviously, the uh, the focus trick is working because we've been live for much longer than 30 minutes now. And my camera has not cut out on me. So. Yeah. Cool. We, it's funny. We just talked about this last Saturday on Ask the Podcast Coach. And I think we talked about a different camera. Um, it must have been a Canon or, or, or one of those. I have to go back. I wasn't paying attention, but there's like a 400 and a 450 or something like that. And they talked about this 30 second problem. So yep. if you want to get additional conversation, <laughs> obviously I wasn't paying attention. Head out. Head over to askthepodcastcoach.com. We talked about that last Saturday. And if you the want the link, I'll put the link to this remote too. If you happen to have a Nikon camera, uh, this was a super cheap focus remote, which you might yeah. be in the same situation as me with no flip out screen and needing to see if you're in focus. Drop in the show notes and I'll, uh, I will, I'll, 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 I will I'll do that. part of that. Mike, welcome back, by the way, from vacation. We missed you the last two weeks. How yeah. was it? it? Beautiful. If, uh, if any of you guys ever get a chance to go to Big Sky, Montana, uh, I would say probably one of top top three places I've been in the world as far as just beauty and overall experience. Um, it was just gorgeous out there. Now, obviously, it's a place that you could go to ski, very popular ski location. We went there in the summer and we hiked every single day. We all joked that, you know, I, I haven't hit my activity rings on my Apple Watch in probably three months. I hit it every day I was on vacation. Now, that is a vacation that's good. Usually, I'm coming back from vacation fat and happy and needing to work off the pounds I put on a vacation. But uh, we hiked just gorgeous country, you know, between 70 and 80 degrees the entire time, zero humidity. So we came from that. You, we went on a six-mile hike. And I came back. 
felt like I'm like, yeah, good to go. You know, did the, did the <laughs> smell, st- smell test and didn't, didn't stink. I got home. Our car was literally wet when we got to the airport. It yeah. was so humid here. I went and took yeah. the trash out the next morning and felt like I needed a shower just from the yeah. walk down to the end of the drive and back. back to bug yeah, off. so, so humid <laughs> here, but yeah. uh, gorgeous country out there. Did you do much ham uh, radio while you were out there? I did. Uh, Montana was, you know, everyone knows that, you know, I, I come in and out of hobbies. Ham radio has been one though. I love the hobby. Um, I just sometimes, you know, I'll go for a month, a month and a half. Sometimes I haven't fired them up. And so I thought, you know, I should take the radios out there. Cause we're gonna be doing a lot of hiking. We're in the mountains and just, we were so glad. My family was actually very intrigued with ham radio when we went out there because I took, and these are, if anyone in the ham community knows, you know, um, Ron's going to make fun of me for having these, but these are Baofeng UV five R's. These are like the cheapest, way to get into ham radio but honestly they're 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 fully functional great radios so i took these out there obviously i have two of them and that's what that was the key uh in the mountains and big sky there is rarely ever any cell service um we did have some when we got back to the cabin but every time we were hiking zero nothing and so what i did was i actually these these have an ability to have two channels on them you can monitor two different channels so i put the first one on um uh, you know, and the, the people in ham can talk about legality of power and so like that I put it on an FRS channel, a family radio service, which is a, a frequency that for the most part it is, is open. There are some requirements on, on equipment and stuff, but you don't need a license. That's the main point. You don't need a license to operate on FRS. So I, I put them on FRS and I said, you know, here's one for my sister. She's up ahead of me on the trail and here's a radio for me. And, and we were able to communicate back and forth with no cell phone service, which was fantastic. I thought that was really cool. And when we were in the car, we had another family with us and we had two cars driving around all through Montana. We went down into Yellowstone um, and down there and it was great to have the radio connectivity. But here's the important piece. The second channel I had was there was an actually, there's a local repeater and a repeater and ham radio we've talked about in, this, in the past, but all repeater is it's someone who has set up a very tall, usually very high up um, antenna and it takes in signal and repeats it. So think instead of my radio directly talking to another radio, it's saying, Hey, I can't reach you. We're on different sides of a mountain, but I can reach this antenna of, of a repeater and it'll repeat out my signal. And so it, it greatly increases your range. Um, so there's a local repeater there. And this was the cool part. We got up to the top of a mountain and I said, okay, we have zero cell phone service. Do you want you guys want to see what happens? If like, what if an emergency happens? What if one of you has a heart attack? What if one of you breaks a leg? Uh, what would we do? And so I got on there and I just said, you know, throughout my call sign, I said, doing a radio check um, from the top of, uh, and I said the, you know, the trail we're on. And the guy says, yeah, picking you up loud and clear. Um, everything good. And I'm like, yeah, I was just doing a radio check, showing my family kind of the power of ham radio when you don't have cell phone service. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you'd be surprised how many radio checks I get because of that exact thing. Yeah. And um, just a perfect use case, perfect example of why uh, radio, ham radio, especially can be so um, beneficial. We would have been, you know, in a very hard place had something happened up there while we were on a hike and, and there's no cell phone service, but with this radio, I could have told him our exact location. He would have been in a spot where he could have used his phone to call for emergency services, things like that. And, uh, just a, a very cool use of radio. The next cool part though, was we were actually, we were in Yellowstone and you can actually look up the Yellowstone, the, the park people use ham radio. Um, so there, there's the wolf watchers. So this is a group of teams in Yellowstone National Park who are monitoring the packs of wolves and where they're going. There's a frequency you can monitor those. Now talking on it would get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you tie off those frequencies, but you can monitor all you want. So I had these, I had both radios as we were driving through Yellowstone, 
four different frequencies. I had the emergency personnel. You'd be amazed how much bad stuff happens in Yellowstone throughout the day. Like people hitting their heads, people getting their car stuck. Um, Cause you were listening to the fire and rescue yeah. and you're also listening yeah. to wolf. It was a really cool. Super glad I took these and uh, it sparked a new renowned interest again, right. in ham radio for me, it didn't take much. And so now I'm back here in Omaha getting very much back into the scene and I'm actually going to update uh, upgrade to a general license, which is a whole new test. I got to study again, take another test. But right now I'm just a technician. Um, I'm going to take my general, which will allow me to get into HF. And so I know um, Andrew out there is, uh, he's he's a ham. Ron's out there. He's a ham. They're all HF. And so I'm going to get an HF and maybe I can make a contact with uh, one of them. Maybe later this year, the the equipment for HF is very expensive. It's about $1,000 for the radio to get into that. Um, but the, the general license though, I think I'm going to take that hopefully sometime in the next month or two. Well, you, you proved me wrong. I was having a conversation with Ed Sullivan the other day. I think we were smoking a cigar and he, he said, when Mike comes back, is he going to, is he going to, is he out of ham? And I said, well, is, there's a possibility. Like it's been a while. Yes, and, yeah. Uh, it, you either had the opportunity while you're away to ditch ham or to get more into it. And you definitely got more into it. So that's uh, well, good. There'll be some ham content to update folks on as we, as we move forward. Definitely. And I, I'm so always surprised how, just how many ham, you know, folks there are in our community. There are a ton. I think uh, when we talk about it, I, I seem to get a few comments. So um, super cool. Glad things were safe. Uh, my parents lived in Montana for a lot of years. I'm gonna talk about my dad here in a few minutes, but um, my parents were in Montana for quite a few years. And so we go up there, Every Labor Day, I would go up for four days and fix stuff for them. And I, I didn't hike uh, as much as I probably should have. I was busy doing stuff for them. But it is absolutely beautiful. They live in Kalispell. And so we were right at the base of Glacier National Park. And it was pretty fantastic. So um, you you went to, uh, to Big Sky Country. And it is Big Sky for sure. Gorgeous. And, uh, and Absolutely amazing. Cool. So no, good. Good good to have you back, at least for the next couple of weeks. Anyways. Hey, uh, real quick, uh iOS 14 is is in beta at this yeah. point. Should I uh should I do anything at this point? What are your thoughts on uh on the beta the beta release of 14? Didn't 13 just come out? Last year. Okay. <laughs> it seems like it, it seems like it's maybe I just put it on my phone. I don't know. But maybe. Uh, I mean it comes out in October, right? October is always when the, the public release of it comes out and some people may not upgrade till, you know, November or whatever. And so maybe it's, it hasn't seemed like that long. But yeah, iOS fourteen beta is out and this is uh, you know, they've been doing this. I don't know when the first time they did it. I want to say iOS 13 was the first time they did it, but it could have been 12. Uh, they have a public beta. So you no longer need to be a developer to put the beta on your phone. You simply just go to, and there's a URL, um, but beta.apple.com. You can get there and you can put the public beta on your phone. Now, this is one of those things you always want to wait until you hear reviews from other people because public betas have been known to like brick the cellular service, things like that. I'm here to report that um, they are up to beta three now. So they're on iOS 14 beta three, uh, safe to put on your phone. I have it on mine. I actually have it on my phone, which is my daily driver. This is not a test phone. This is my daily driver phone. I know, bad idea, but you can always revert back to 13 if you need to. They've made that pretty easy. Do a backup um, before you do it. Super easy to do. Uh, they have made this process so dang easy, Jim. You go to that website on your phone. You sign in with your Apple ID. You accept it. It, it says, hey, do you want to install the profile on your phone? You say yes. You then go to your updates and your phone and it just shows up and it updates. Like no computer needed, nothing hard, very easy now to put the beta 
Um, and, and I've been really enjoying it. I think some of the biggest features that I like are, for example, no more full screen when someone calls you, which is perfect. You're watching a YouTube video and someone calls. It's just like a notification now. It says, hey, you have a call coming in. Doesn't take up the whole screen. Doesn't, you know, same, same thing with Siri. Siri no longer takes up the whole screen. She's just a nice little either notification or down the bottom. And then uh, I really like the widgets. I know you guys won't be able to see it from there. But maybe you can see up top there, I have a weather widget and a stocks widget up at the top of my screen. You can put those anywhere on your home screen now. And the great part about this is you no longer need all your apps to be on the home screen. They have what's called an app library. So now I have so many apps on my phone, but I only have two pages worth that I need to access all the time. The rest are in what's called the app library. And this is automatically created by the iOS and it groups them automatically. I didn't create in these folders. It groups them by what type they are. Now, admittedly, I'm going to search for it. I'm not going to go over here very much. But the, the big point about this is that you no longer have eight pages of apps. Um, and this is all stuff that, you know, Android has done for a long time. And we're like, okay, finally, Apple. Uh, but we all stick with Apple for different reasons, right? And, and we like the iOS ecosystem. If you're in it, you usually like it. And so some of these little tiny tweaks have been great. And it is safe to put on your phones. Uh, I can't speak for future ones if you're watching this later, but as of right now, um, iOS 14 beta three, uh, beta, beta three just came out like today or yesterday. So you are safe to install and be fine. And like I said, it's also very easy to revert back if something were to, if you were to have a problem. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, not, everything is working wait. great. Everything is working great. Hey, speaking of apps, one thing you just reminded me, two apps that I think uh, we should we should talk about. One is uh, the the uh, the Red Claw the Red Cross donation app. So, if you've ever given blood, and I hadn't given blood in a super long time and so you get called every week by the a Red month Cross. ago. A month ago, I kind of with everything going on and the, the Red Cross contacted my my kids are really good blood donors and they they were like hey like it's bad and it's, it always seems like it's bad but I was, they were like it's really bad can you come in and i was like yeah so i did i didn't realize uh when i when i went in they were like oh if you were in the app there's a lot of benefits to it so um they have an app here that will tell you it'll eventually it'll update with your information your blood type how many times you've given some of those kinds of things there's a quick pass when you go to the when you go to give blood you have to answer all these questions yeah. You can answer them in advance on the, uh, they call it FastPass on the app. And when you're ready to go in, it can really be, I mean, I think I can get this down to five minutes. I, I gave blood in four minutes when I was there. I mean, from put, putting it in and they're like, oh, your blood pressure is good. And <laughs> you're cranking this out, man. <laughs> four minutes. That's like, I only wow. wish I had more to give you. One of the cool things about this app is they'll tell you, if you schedule it through the app, they'll tell you, they send you an email, but the, if you don't, but uh, in the app, they'll tell you where your blood went which is kind of cool. So if you're I, like, I like to track everything. And so yeah. my blood ended up in Minneapolis at a hospital there. And so they sent me a note, Hey, we just want to let you know it was used here. They don't, you know, you don't get any personal information, of course, but it's just kind of cool. It's one of those, I, I kind of like tracking those. Um, so if you haven't given blood in a while and you're willing to do it, I'd encourage you to download the app, set up everything in that, set up the appointment through the app as well. It'll, it will populate. It takes a couple of weeks for everything to populate your blood type. One of the nice things about it is they do check for COVID antibodies. So if you ever want to know if you've had it yet and you don't want to get that thing jammed in your nose, uh, you can give blood and they'll test for antibodies. Do not go into the Red Cross sick. Okay. Do not do that. That's not what this is for. Okay. Um, so that's one app too. Um, I, and I think I turned you on to this 
but man, the the John Deere mowing app we talked yes. about this was this in Discord? I think yeah, yeah. It was. Well, and you know what's funny is I went to go set it up. Have you? I had a question about it actually, and I haven't mowed. I haven't had a chance to mow with it since, but I'm mowing this weekend, so you can answer this. Does it matter what mower you put in? Because I don't have a John Deere mower, obviously, and it asks you when you're setting it up what mower you have. No. And I was I like, just, uh, I just picked a 22 inch. I have a 22 inch mower. So I okay. just looked so up. It doesn't matter. John Deere. No. The only time it would matter I is for the main. there, and I'm like, oh, maybe you need a John Deere mower. And so yeah. I stopped. Okay. Yeah. Good. So no. I just put everything on there. Super cool on the app. It talks a little bit about um, the weather. So it gives you a five-day forecast on the weather. It tells you uh, how many days since rain and, ha- and how much rain you've gotten. And then they even make some suggestions like this would be a good day to mow, and which is super cool, right? They're kind of like, hey, you know, the weather's good. You might want to, it's going to be sunny. You might want to get out and mow. Um, I have done three, I've already mowed three times. So you can see those three bars in the upper right there in those Bars are measuring the amount of time it took me to mow. So 26 minutes, 31 minutes, 24 minutes. You can also go down and give you the month on the bottom there. You see down here that gives you the month and when you mowed. And then if you click on that, it'll actually show you your mowing pattern. Uh, It's super cool. Like it is a super cool. So remember how Dave was talking about, you know, write that down in your book, you know, when you mow, when you do some things. The the mowing beat, well, okay, you can't, there's a lot of things you can't record in this, but there is a lot of things you can. And so this would, this tells me when I mowed and what the weather was and some of those kinds of things. So if you haven't done that yet, it is just, um, it's just, it's called Mower Plus and it's available for free from John Deere. And it's the super, I like, it's the nerdiest mowing app, Mike, that, I, that, 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 but that's right up our alley. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that it doesn't matter on the mower. I thought maybe it was going to ask me, like, maybe certain mowers had Bluetooth, like, to the phone. So I stopped. I was like, okay, I'll set this up later. I'll I'll ask them. And I totally forgot to ask. So good. I'll set that up and I'll use it this weekend. Now, now, Jim, is there a social feature? Now, that would be cool. No. I mowed twice this week. Jim mowed once. (laughs) You have mowed. That would be hilarious. Like, you know, you have a personal record on time. Time per square foot or something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, you can track all your maintenance. And, and in this case, I could put my maintenance in for my mower, even though it's not a John Deere mower. I could put my maintenance in there if I wanted to. Yeah. And then it has a season tab that hasn't populated yet. I haven't I haven't done enough. It'll give you average time. It'll give you total time. So all mowing for a season. It'll give you the distance you've covered in the mowing. It'll tell you the coverage in acres if you want to do it that way. And then it gives you the speed. So like I mow at 1.8 miles per hour. <laughs> That's I have a walk behind, so I'm pretty slow. So once I get the turbo in mine, I'm gonna be, you know, really man, flying. Well, just well, I mean, when you when you're keeping track, and it literally is as easy as you know. There's a little yellow mow button in there. It's that little button down here. Yep. It says mow. Just click it and put it in your pocket, and then mow away. And it keeps it keeps track of all of that. So super cool. If you haven't, um, I should have I should have talked about that when we were talking about how our lawns looked. But uh, that mower app um, is super cool. Mike, last week um, we were I was spending time with Jay. Jay Madison came on, and we were talking about cabling. And Jay had some really cool cable um, kind of mats. You know, they were they're basically Velcro pads you can put around your um, uh, put around the the like any any kind of um to, you know like a monitor mount or a uh you know where we have a cylinder and you get and yeah. it, it just wrap the cables i talked about my frustration with uh zip ties 
because I use a lot of zip ties in this too. And it always seems like as soon as I zip tie that thing up, you I, got in there. <laughs> always. Same. As soon as you do that. And I've used I have them all around this. Mo- so I have a tree of monitors, right? I have four. Yeah. I have three along the yeah, bottom yeah. one. And all those wires run over here. And every time I zip tie, I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I want to add this other cable, the random USB I know. cable. And, I know. Yeah. Now I've used these cables before these this kind of cable before it's pretty simple i don't know why i didn't think about it i've done it before i just haven't used it on the computer side i use it on when i'm out doing um you know dj events or for those kinds of things uh eric Nosky sent me a email and he's like hey i heard you talking about cabling they do make velcro cables and i don't know why i didn't think about that but eric thanks for sending that email um i i got some pictures on there you can buy them in packs of different colors if you want to do it that way, I probably would go all black. But it, like I, Mike, I don't know why I didn't. I was like, duh, why wouldn't I just use, you know, uh, Jay had been talking about these mats so you can run the cables down and put the mats over these, over the, you know, the poles. And it looks super clean, but you could do it this way too with Velcro. Yeah, a huge fan. I have, I have a big pack of those. And here's the other one, Jim, that has been invaluable to me. I got a massive pack of these from Amazon for super cheap. So, oh, I can't, this camera thing is even, so this is hard to explain. It's a sticky square, right? With ladder cable on the edge. And then you just stick it in and you can, you can tighten it down. So I use this on the back of desks or on the bottom of desks where you can stick it up, run, and you can get a lot of cables in here. If you just put on the lightest setting, you can get a ton of cables. The stickiness is really good on them. So it sits like that, makes a full loop. Um, I don't know what these are called, but they're just, you know, cable management sticky things that I put on the back and underside of my desk. And I use four of them. And these are just like the cheapest, best things. I have used these everywhere. I've used them in the garage. You can use them to stick like cables in my car for my ham radio stuff that I need to stick up under the dash. I'll just stick one of these in there and tighten it down. Um, You can pull them off if you need to. These are great too. Yeah. Yeah, no, great way, great way. Anything you could, I mean, the zip ties, I mean, once they're in, they're in. You're snipping them and then you're cutting them and they're done, right? right. Now, you can get a thousand of them for like a nickel on on Amazon. So it's not like they're expensive, but uh, it was a good, Eric, thanks for sending me that email. He's Eric's really good about sending me just about every other week I get something from Eric. By the way, you could email me too if you want to. You're listening to this. If you got something. Uh, it might make the show if you send it to me. Actually, good chance it'll make the show if you send it to me. Jim at theaverageguy.tv. And I always appreciate that feedback. I just bought a bunch of zip ties, so I probably won't go out and buy a bunch of new Velcro ones. But I think the next time I'm in 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 uh, looking for those, that uh, that works out um, pretty well uh, as well to get those kind of wrapped up. Mike, this week also Plex. And it's funny I mentioned Plex. The guys over at Entertainment 2.0, right? Josh and Richard talk about Plex all the time. They just made a, a new announcement. They're actually recording right now. We're up against them for the live for the live show. By the way, thanks to everyone in our audience who I know could be over there listening to Josh and Richard recording uh, Entertainment 2.0. Appreciate you guys. And maybe Tony, I bet, has both going at the same time. I'm sure he does because he's an avid listener of both shows. I hear him mentioned all the time over there when I'm listening to that show. Uh, but Plex made an announcement that they just have now opened up or given the ability to. You don't have to do anything with this. Let me bring this up here. So, again, we'll show this on screen. If you're listening to the recorded or the audio version of it, uh, you won't get to, you won't see it. 
Uh, so come over to the YouTube channel. But they have now 85 new channels. They actually did a blog post about it if you want to go over and get all the details on that. Um, uh, free streaming live TV. Now you might be thinking, is that revolutionary? Well, the only way to really get live TV streaming now is to have your own, um, you know, your own box, your own home. Um, why is the the name is escaping? Network now? Tuner? Uh, silicon uh, Silicon Dust HD yeah, Home Network Run. Tuner. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A network tuner. Yep. Uh, I have two of them, and so I have four channels on that. But now with with Plex, and you can see down here, they have all kinds of new channels when it comes to, and you can see, um, you know, you've never heard of any of these channels. You might have heard of Yahoo Finance and IGN and a few of the other ones, but these you can't record them, you can't save them, you can't pause them. All you can do is play. It's Mike, it's like back to the old days of live TV. Like, in other words, and, and I, it, the, the cool thing about this, they have about 20 or 25 music channels that are there. And it's all old music videos. Not old. Some of them are new. It's like old school MTV then, isn't it? But it is like, it is like MTV. So if you go to the right. 80s party channel, let's just, let's just, I, I, I won't play the music. Um, hold on. Let me, there we go. That way we don't get uh, taken off on YouTube. But uh, here's a little George Michael, you know, um, uh, there. This is this takes me back to MTV from from my days when I was young. Right. You could be playing in this background again. You're not stopping it. You're not saving it. You're not recording it. It's just live streaming. But I was thinking from for a party standpoint, you know, if you want to have 100%. this. Behind, yeah. Right. Put this on. Just let it play. My parents used to have um, the DVD sets of certain concerts. So my dad's a big Sting fan. He loves Sting. So he had the Sting concert, live concert, that he would just put on as a DVD in the background. Same exact thing as this, but you get more of a you know a diverse set of music. That's really cool. Now I do yeah. see you know, the one I'll be watching all the time. They have a whole Fail Army channel. And I'm a huge oh. Fail Army on YouTube and Snapchat guy. Uh, I could watch Fail Army all the time. So... Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Now, yeah. you know, we should say there are no regular TV channels here, right? These are all, yeah. um, you're not having anything that you can get over the air on cable, but still some some pretty good content here. Jim, are you are you happy with the direction Plex has been going with, you know, that first of all, they have their, their movie library, right? Um, they have their TVs and everything like that that you can get as a part of stuff. And they're starting to become, it's no, now they're providing content instead of just yeah. being your content. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll be hundred percent honest. I've watched very little Plex right now, even though I record some of the, I do a lot of um, home improvement stuff and you know, the, um, the, um, this old house and those kinds of things. I record some cooking channels that I record. I never watch them. Sarah, on the other hand, she just uses the heck out of Plex. She has, you know, we put Plex on the NVIDIA shield put a one gig uh, SSD on it for her, for storage. One terabyte. Well, oh yeah, we're sorry. Yeah. One terabyte. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. One gig would be very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're really efficient. <laughs> uh, 64K. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> super huge. Put a lot of money into it. Right. Um, one terabyte of uh, SSD storage. Super fast. Works great with that NVIDIA Shield. I actually put the one terabyte drive inside a failed, I'll talk about this here in a little bit, a failed uh, Seagate eight terabyte drive. So I put it inside so it have an enclosure, hooked that in. She uses a ton of it. Uh, we recently moved the Xbox over and put it in that same uh, entertainment configuration. And she's been watching a lot of the Blu-rays Blu now that she can do that as well. 
she watches way more TV than I do. I'm an, I'm kind of a YouTube guy, but I do, I do like the functionality. Like there's so many things you can do on Plex now from, you know, just by adding these channels, the channels they had before some of those, I don't know, Pluto and some of those other ones, they have so many freaking commercials on them that are obnoxious. They're just not worth it. Yeah. This, no, I, I haven't run into a commercial yet. Maybe there are, but I haven't run into any yet. And so um, it, it was a, um, I, I don't know. So I haven't liked the services they provided that are all commercial driven. I get enough ads on YouTube, just to be honest, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so my point on the Plex thing is, so I'm a, I'm like a prior Plex super user. I probably use it more than anyone. Um, I have a lot of users on my Plex, a lot of family members that are, that are watching stuff. And, you know, I would rather see, I don't know how much money they're spending to get this type of content. So especially the movies and TVs that they provide. I don't know us. I have not met a single person and someone should please correct me in chat or on Twitter. If you are someone who has like actually watched one of the movies or TV shows that they have provided as part of like the new Plex service, right? Um, they have not increased their fees. So I'm like, I know it costs some money to get that content. I would much rather them take that and just, and just make their app just work everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make the Xbox app actually functional, right? Like the Xbox oh, app is terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It pauses all the time. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I just don't know anyone who's using it. And, you know, these live channels, that's a cool new feature. It's And I think it's all, honestly, they can advertise and they can publish that they provide content. Free TV and movies with Plex, which is technically true, right? Like, you can get something without providing your own content. And I don't know if it's a legal thing where they're like, well, no, 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 to stay legal, we do have the rights to this and now we're distributing it. What the person does with the rest is up to them. I could, I, as the lawyer side of me is like, my brain is twing like i i can see the argument here because they're like well before it was the user uploaded content and there's really no argument for us like how are they uploading any legal movie content there's really nothing that's legal for them to do like really technically by the letter of the law if you were to read it straightforward yes that everyone has kind of carved out you can rip dvds and be fine but according to the law if you really read it they can make an argument that that's not even legal. So I'm guessing this is kind of a play by their legal team to make sure that they're just on the up and up to keep going. So I hope they're not spending a bunch of money on it, but man, it's just, I don't know anyone who's using it to be honest. And the live TV is new. So that might be something that's kind of cool. And maybe there's some, some, some content there, but the movies and TVs and okay. So here's the other point I forgot to, um, as the admin of a Plex server, if you have family, it confuses the heck out of everyone that because all of a sudden this populates in front of my server, and they're like, well, what are all these movies and TV shows? These aren't the ones that I. These aren't the movies and TVs we have. Like, what is this? And I'm like, that's the Plex provided stuff. Just unclick that tab. It's really confused. They're like, they're so confused because it shows up as two. They, now they have access to two different quote unquote servers: the mm-hmm. Plex server and yes. mine. Yeah. And it's super confusing. And and it just it's caused me such a headache. I get texts probably once a week from people who are just like, ah, yeah, I still don't know how to make my home screen back to what it was. I just want to watch my TV shows and be good. Yeah. No, all, all super valid. Um, and, and some good points I did uh, read in their blog post. Uh, they're able to make these streams available for free by having limited bathroom break <laughs> commercial breaks. Uh, and some astute viewers may have noticed we're also implementing our first on-air promos. If you love to make silly, emotional, stylish, profound spots yourself, 
drop us a line and we'll see if we can find a way to feature community made spots in the mix as well. Yeah. So I think the bigger feature here that they're, we're not talking about, they added skip intro to Plex. So now on all your content, so anything you add, let's say you record from your silicon dust, they have a it, it tells and it does the anal, um, analysis whatever, and you can skip the intro of the TV show, just like Netflix and all that, where you can just hey hey skip the intro. They now have that feature built into Plex. That is an awesome feature. Yeah, I can't I can't get away from uh, from the the old eighties. I just. I just can't. There's so much. Can't look away from the cheesy. Music. I couldn't even tell you who these really, are. <laughs> really, but well, Journey was on before, oh, and then let's Journey. see. I know Journey. Let's see, see who I can write. This is Pat Benatar. I think Love is a Battlefield. I think is what this one is. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, no closed caption, or at least I can find it. it. It may be in there. Um, but it it would be great. I would love to see the music video title in here somewhere, so you know what what's playing at the moment. You, you can't tell. You know, there's no. Right. Uh, on the old MTV, there would be uh, at least a uh, uh, something in the beginning and something at the end. This is definitely not Pat Benatar. I thought it was, but it's not. So, um, uh, anyways, uh, new from Plex. One of the th- cool things, Mike, they're they're trying. At least they're trying. They are constantly trying out new things. They are, and, yep. and so good good for them. Yeah, they're definitely on the cutting edge of this. Like Plex is the like MB is still some people love MB and and not knocking MB. I'm sure it's great, but I think Plex is definitely the leader, especially in in terms of pushing the envelope forward. Yeah, right. They're yeah. trying stuff and right on, right on. This week uh, in uh, in crypto mining, I have an eight terabyte drive here. Oops, it's upside down. It's, it's still right. alive. It's dead. Oh, <laughs> so, dead. <laughs> no. number, number three to bite the dust. I'm two years in. It's weird to think that I've, I think I've had these drives for two and a half years. I think we did it in 2018. So 2019, I guess a year and a half uh, coming up on two years this Christmas. And um, most of these had one year warranties that I didn't extend. I should have bought, I guess I should have bought the extent. Oh, maybe if I, maybe if I think about this, like if I used a credit card that had the extended warranty on it, it would might extend the manufacturer's warranty. I've used that from American Express. If you have an American Express card, they uh, they have a warranty. Mm, I'll, have to, I'll have to check. I'll have to check on that. Well, okay. Oh, shoot. Now I'm going to quit. Okay. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. No. So um, I'm going to check my warranties. I will. I, I will do that to mention, and we've mentioned this before, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, Western Digital is taking any drive that you have. They don't really even care what it is for the most part, and they're recycling it. And right now, if you turn this in, you can get 15% off your first 50 bucks from them. So anything $50 or more gets you $15 off, which is pretty great. The process is pretty simple. You just register it. They You print. They literally give you a label to print, throw it in a box, take it to a UPS store, and you're in business. And so I, you know, I was going to do that. Now I'm kind of thinking, well, better go back and check my... Um, check my Amazon receipt for those to see yeah. and then see what card I put them on. And maybe, maybe that's one of those things I should see about the extended warranties. Did you have to, you have to fill out, is there a deductible on that for, for American express or. Ooh, I can't remember the process. Yeah, it definitely was American express, but it, it would have been chase. It was super easy. I remember. Okay. Um, they, they looked it up. If you, as long as you can tell them when it was, here's the transaction, um, prove the price. Then it was, it was pretty easy. Real yeah. quick though. Don't even go into detail. Right now, still worth it to be mining via um, hard drive capacity. Depends what worth it means. Okay, you know, Ken, Ken's helping me out, and and we still continue to do what we do. It's 
at this point I made my money back plus some. And so everything at this point is gravy that, that it keeps me engaged in it and know what's going on. They're all, it's, they're all kind of a, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not healthy right now. I have, have an eight, a spare eight terabyte hard drive worth it. No, terabytes no. Out of it? no, no. Need a long not, not today. Yeah. No, I wouldn't get started on it today. Got like it. I, I wouldn't jump in on any of those, on any of those hard drives. No, I do. Every once in a while, I'm going to quit. And then like, I'm like, well, why should I like, I'm doing it. This it's not like, I mean, <laughs> I have plenty of storage, even using all of these. I have an unraid box. That's got storage. I've got a Drobo. That's got plenty of storage. The Moro data box, even with the problems that I had that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, I got plenty of storage. And so like, I keep thinking, Mike, I need more excuses to store things, not less. And so, no, I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily throw anything out at this point. So, um, okay. Okay. So not a lot of tech in the next conversation. Um, I want to share a little story with you and, and, and with the audience as well about something that happened this week with my dad. Uh, my dad passed away eight years ago. And um, I inherited, and inherited is a really loose term. I inherited all his stamps. He has this huge stamp collection. And if actually, if you look behind me, about half of it sits on the shelves behind me. And from time to time, I pull it out thinking, I'm going to sell this stuff. And I don't. We'll talk about that this here in a second. But this week, I don't know what got into me Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, about three, I got kind of restless. I just needed something to do. And I was like, you know, I was, I was, I would, I, I've been working a lot. So it's like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to look at the stamps. So I start pulling the stamps out and they're all dusty and dirty. It was awful. I was, I'm still sneezing. I'm thinking this, I've got a kind of a runny nose and I'm pretty sure it's from all that. I think I picked up diseases from like yeah. World, <laughs> World War One in there. Right. So, Good you uh, vaccination. Yeah, no, right on. It, it's so much. So I stayed home. I'm kind of like, I, I don't I know if I want to take, I think I have the Spanish flu <laughs> from, from 1918. Yeah. Um, just going through all kinds of old stuff. I found his passport, found, uh, God, I found some old, um, uh, I found some old pennies. I found stamps that don't even like it, Anyways, what I did find was super sentimental is I found the last watch that he wore and this little Timex, it's just a little Timex watch, not particularly expensive. I bet he bought it at Fred Myers for 45, 50 bucks, right? Type deal. But it's the last thing he wore. And, and when I pulled the watch out, I was looking at it and it, it was five, little after five here. And the watch said a little after three. And I was like, and so, you know, you do this, <laughs> like, and then I started thinking, okay, two, it's exactly two. It's actually two hours off. He was actually mountain time. So, okay. it, so I thought, mm, well, that's interesting. And then I was thinking, well, wait a minute. It's summer. He passed away in February. That was daylight savings time. And mountain time. So boom, there's the hour that, or two hours, that makes sense. And then the date said the 22nd and it was the 21st. And I thought oh, we had one leap year in there. So for eight years, this watch has sat in a box and done nothing and kept perfect time. Like the no, no, it just, it was one of those cool little, you know, you think eight years on a watch battery. Okay. That's not well. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I was gonna say compared to uh, you know thirty six from my Apple Watch here, we don't even think about that anymore, right? It's if one of those. Power this up if like if my died like my kids in eight years would be like I don't even have the connection to power this, you know? Like it'd be dead. It would be just paperweight. No, right on. And I it could... cost 
20 times as much as that watch did that he had. Right? I could pull the back off and probably replace the battery. The light still works. You know, there's a little light in there that, cool. that wear that. I think actually pretty cool. Um, well, I'm going to leave it on my, um, I've attached it to my, the boom arm here, uh, in the studio and it's going to become a permanent part of the studio. Just as I look down the arm, it's just kind of a reminder, you know, of my yeah. dad. It's the one thing that, you know, I don't know why it's touched me the way it has, but it was just one of those mementos. I don't have a lot from him. I haven't kept a lot. I have a sweatshirt he liked to wear that I love to wear. That's kind of it. Like, and I have, I think I have, I think I have about 25 weather radios. He was a, re- he was a weather radio addict. I've thrown a bunch You're of You're in ham radio, Jim. You I'm didn't, not, no. You're in. Yeah, I'm you a weather, are. I'm a weather guy, but I'm a, I'm a new tech oh, weather guy. You can submit to that station if you're a ham. You could all of a sudden set up your own, and you could be submitting to it. Oh, oh my God. Jim, no, Jim Shoemaker says Timex uh, takes a licking and keeps on ticking, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just so it was just fun to see this come out, still be on time after eight years of sitting in a box, and, and I'll include it here in the studio. And, and it's going to go on the – you can see me putting it right now on the watch or on the uh, – it's going to go on my, on the arm to my, in the studio here. Give me a little, just kind of give me a little reminder who he was. And, and he, you know, he was just a, he's a great guy in the watch. It's just been a, a great reminder of some of the things he, he kind of, I mean, he was an IBMer and I actually found some old, some old punch cards that he had, you know, from the old days of, of programming and such. And man, that guy had a lot of junk that I had to throw away, but it was certainly cool uh, to see that watch. Two Good. bits of, Go ahead. What are you going to say? Those mementos are awesome. Um, when my grandfather passed away, you know, we he had a lot of cool stuff. And obviously, I, I'm the grandchild, so there wasn't much. But he had a lot of hats, and no one had interest in the hats. And I, you guys don't see this, but I wear I wear a hat almost every day. If I'm once I'm out of work, I throw on a ball cap, and that's what I'm wearing. And so I have four or five of his hats hanging on my workbench in my garage. And every time I mow, I'll throw one of his hats on. And and he had Alzheimer's, so they all say his name on the inside in like permanent marker so they knew whose hat it was because he didn't know whose hats they were. And uh, it's just kind of cool. You get to like, while I'm mowing, I wear one of his hats. And I, I like that kind of stuff. I think that's super sentimental. And it's always yeah. good to keep that memory around. Uh, I found some old letters. I found some World War II rations cards in there that he had, he had collected that's for whatever ration. reason. Uh, so during the war, you know, you could only buy a certain amount of meat and a certain amount of things. They limited yeah, I didn't know that actually. That's oh cool. yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, it was different. The the I was really bad history. I feel I was really bad at history. Economy is a little different in those days. The U.S. just didn't print money right. uh, when when we had to do these kinds of things. Right? They actually collected scrap metal. That's that scrap metal drives. You know those kinds of things. Um. So he had rations cards. I had an I have an old letter from my grandfather and mother from like 1918 in San Francisco, postmark 1918. And uh, I can see the street address. I looked it up on Google Maps, and uh, that the apartments aren't there anymore. It's a new apartment, but it was kind of cool. So, yeah. um, uh, two two things I want to ask for some community involvement. We save this towards the end, just because I know my favorite and best listeners listen all the way to the end. So. Two things I want to uh, encourage you to to work with me on if you're so entitled. One is I've got this gigantic stamp collection that I need to sell. And I've talked about this before, but I, it, it during a pandemic is probably not the best time to sell it. But if you've got and if you've done this in the past and you got some advice for me, contact me, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Just love to dialogue with you about it. I don't, I don't want to go in. I'll probably sell it on eBay. I'll probably do it in some different kinds of ways. 
but it's a stamp collection that ro- that runs all the way from 18, I think I have an 1848 stamp, something like that, all the way to current. And there's some of the current stuff I'm just going to frame and give to my siblings because there's some really cool stamps in there. Um, but nobody's into stamps at the moment, but I do want to sell those. So if you're interested in doing that, let me know. One of the things I did find in there as well, back in the days when Kodak right? Ran the world. There's a little Kodak. Uh, if you're, if you're in my generation and not in Uyghurs, you remember these things. They're called slides, right? I actually studied the Kodak case study in business management in my undergrad. There was like a big case study on the uh, downfall of Kodak. So I studied yeah. on the opposite end, right? Yeah, you're on the other side. You're on the yeah. other side. These are called slides and they, you would take a picture and you'd have them deliver and you could say, Hey, do you want pictures? Or do you want slides? And if you wanted to show this on a wall where people could watch it, you could do it that way. It was the very first form of social picture sharing that was available. You show it on the wall. And, um, I need to turn these into digital prints for my for my siblings. I don't have equipment to do that. There is equipment out there. Oh, by the way, I don't have just have. I got a whole box of these things, so I need to turn them into pictures, or I want to turn them into pictures. I also have some really super cool spy film. Like nobody's done this in a hundred years, right? Super eight. I think this is what it is. Eight millimeter film that, um, and I could send them into a service, but when I was doing some, uh, when I was doing some research into, to getting these converted, uh, you actually for less than $200 can buy a converter that runs all this. It'll take slides. It'll take eight, super eight, 120 to 120 millimeter, whatever it is, whole bunch of different kinds of formats. And we'll actually do a lot of the work uh, for you. And uh, you, uh, so I'm, I'm considering buying that. One of the things I want to think through is, too, can we make a community project? In other words, if I buy that, are there listeners who have these kinds of things, slides, old stuff, that need to be converted that you can send to me and I'll convert for you? Um, would hope to recoup some of the the um, the cost of that printer to do it. And, and so, but it'd be a lot cheaper than you buying it. Uh, or is there somebody in the community who already has that equipment that would be willing to do something like that where we could send stuff in and get it done? So uh, if, you, if you've got that equipment to take old slides, negatives is another thing that old negatives is a thing that, uh, Mike, you've never seen before. But uh, you, <laughs> I have. Okay. I have seen those. I remember those great. We actually went through my grandpa's pictures my mom had of my grandpa's agent. They had, you had the book, the plastic little sheath. You had the prints. And then behind it, there was always the negatives, right? That oh. you could. Did you ever have those? Where you like you'd go to you know Walmart, twenty four hour print. They'd print the photos for you, and then in the back they would stick the negatives, so you could always get more prints if you needed them. Yeah. Okay. And man, I have tons of negatives. Um, I've been. I've also been thinking about converting my pictures um, as well to this. Jim Shoemaker says uh, home converters are junk in my experience, especially if it's only cost two hundred bucks. I had an $800 Nikon slide scanner and it was so difficult to use. I gave up and sent them in. Jim, uh, do me a favor. Send me an email with where you sent them in. I'll, I'll, I'll capture that as well. Or if you still have the $800 one. If it was confusing and you just like never got around to using it, we yeah, could just, maybe savvy. the community could figure it out. Yeah, Jim's pretty savvy. Yeah. 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 I, I just know if he still had it. I get it. And then I'm sure he got rid of it. But Jim, let me know. And then uh, Ron says he can do it for free at his local library. So that's another thing to kind of check in. Maybe I should check into the Omaha Public Library or the the Bellevue Public Library. Yeah. We did the oh. same thing with our family, Jim, on the photo side. So if you're looking to get your photos in, 
Um, our whole family, we invest in a very nice scanner that does it really fast, but of really high quality. Um, I think it was over a thousand dollars. Um, we did the same thing a while back. So if you need that done, I have access to that printer. It's in my parents' basement and they oh. always, they're the same way. They're like, Hey, we bought this. We want everyone to use it just so that they can use it because we don't use it anymore, but it was deal. Um, so yeah, if you need, yeah, I'll take, I'll, no, I'll take you up on that. Cause I'd yeah. love to get, I'd love I'll, to I'll grab that from them next time I'm down in Kansas city. I'd love to go through our photo albums. Now, Sarah will probably think differently off to talk to her about this. She likes the photo albums and it's kind of a pain to take them all out and then I'll put them all back. So I have to figure that out. But uh, if you have some, if you want to dialogue on this, you've got a way to do this. You got a service to do this kind of over the next, I don't know, four or five, six weeks. I mean, I have a whole big box of this stuff, guys, that I got to get done. Uh, shoot me a note, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can put it in the comments down below. If it's in your podcast app, well, sorry, just send me an email. And uh, I'd love to dialogue about it. We have such opposite problems, though. So this is funny because I was just talking to Hannah about this. I'm like, what happens when you and I die and yeah. our kids are looking to for photos of us, but they're all in our iCloud library or are something that's locked away this isn't sitting in a basement somewhere i'm like remind me when our kids get older that i need to get them here here's the access to it it's on the home server which now you guys know how to access because a lot of times now what i worry about is the non-techie people is oh it's in my iphoto library yeah but what happens that's not shared with anyone and hopefully your significant other or someone can get access to that but likely not and then those photos are just gone. Like no one's going to have photos of you anymore unless they took them and they're on their right. device. And maybe Facebook. They might be on Facebook. Sure. Like, cause you shared it with them. You posted them on there, right. but yeah, we got a huge, right. So it's we have a huge problem. It's different. They, they used to get locked up in an old shoe box. Remember, remember right. when shoes came in boxes? Yeah. Right. And uh, well, I guess they still do the, uh, then, you know, I'm, I'm finding these things and you're just like, wow. I took, um, Oh, here, let me, let me show you a little vintage And you know, I, you can, I think Mike, you can share those, like you have the ability to share those folders with someone, right? Where you could. And you, and you should, the, the interesting part about this is um, actually Facebook is interesting because my memories on Facebook is my number one favorite feature of Facebook. I don't like Facebook for a lot, but the memories were like, Hey, three years ago, look at the photos you posted. And I was showing my mom on vacation. She's like, that's so cool. She goes, you know, what's cool about technology nowadays for you kids? Cause my parents are not on any social media at all, completely disconnected. And she's like, how often do I go down to the basement and pull out old photos? But right now you're getting to relive something just because it popped up as a notification. Like, Hey, look what you were doing five years ago, three years ago, eight years ago. And she goes, that's a cool piece of technology that, you know, we don't get from people who have all of ours in the basement. Is that you and your dad? That's me and my dad. Yeah. So I found that in the stuff. I am, this is 1977. What are you so looking I'm at? I'm nine. So we're at the County Fair, Santa Clara County Fair. I grew up in California and there's a big Ferris wheel, you know, big. And I think um, we must have had some family on it or something. And I remember as a kid, I remember this picture being taken. Uh, I am carrying a box of something, a shoe box full of something and walking around the fair with my dad, which they used to let me like. This is a county fair. We raised animals through 4-H. Okay. And I would go down and clean out the, you'd have to clean out the stalls in the morning of your animal. And, you know, we'd sell the animals in an auction at the end of the fair. Um, I'd go down in the morning, clean those out. And then I had the run of the fair all day. I would literally spend all day walking around the fair at, at 9, 10, 11 years old. They'd just be like, okay, we'll see you. Like my dad would be like, okay, be back at five when I'm, when we're ready to go. No problem letting me just run the fair, like the whole fair. It's crazy to think about these days. 
that never happened. But um, yeah, 77, I was born in 68. So I'm nine in this picture, nine, 10 years old, something like that. And uh, we were looking up and then as we went to leave the photographer for the San Jose Mercury News, which where this was posted, came up to us and said, oh, hey, I took this picture. Can I get your names? And I um, I took a picture of the I didn't want to keep the paper anymore. It was just one of those kinds of things. It's like, you know, no, I'm going to I'm going to digital. So I took a picture. Whoops. That's the house. That's not what I wanted to show you. Then I then I opened up the paper and took a picture of that as well. And then I took a picture of the date. And, um, yeah, well, I thought I did. So, um, just a kind of a cool experience to take that, to take those old newspapers, make them digital, yeah. you know, and, and get a dusty old piece of paper, make it digital. This is, I couldn't have shared, I couldn't have shared this way with you guys on paper and I needed to be digital, right. To get it done. So kind of fun, um, and kind of cool. Last, uh, last thing before we go, Mike. I want to let you know I bought another DCS 936L. Those are the ones we bought that work with. It's still chugging in the outside for me. That thing elements. Now, it's not getting rained on. It's under an awning. But mine has been outside in the cold, in the heat. That thing is a beast of a camera. They are super great. Yeah. Now, it's resolution. But I'm just saying, like, for that. It's 720. Yeah. Yeah, it's 720. Good enough. I think it's been great. Yeah, no, good enough. I wanted one for the backyard. I have one. In fact, the picture I showed a minute ago was the, well, I mean, let's just, let's just show that again. So, I mean, here's the, let's go back to screen sharing and, um, you know, you kind of say, well, it's 720. You didn't say it. I know you didn't say it that way, but, um, uh, so well, let's I mean, do this. Kind of right. Nowadays you kind of expect 1080. Yeah. No, we're not. 4K is like, Good 1080 is like the acceptable mark. It's a pretty good picture. It's a great picture. Right? I agree. Yeah. It's so good it's, enough for what it does. Yeah. Like that's you use yours the same way I use mine. Mine is not to be zooming in on license plates. Mine right. is right. generally is there someone in, in the back patio? In the vicinity. Yeah. And yeah. it works great for that. Yeah. It even yeah. does dual stream for like a high def and a low def because that's how I run my blue iris now. Uh great little camera. And the Wi-Fi is pretty decent. I have mine outside. Um away from my house and it picks up just enough. Yeah. There's the back of that pointing showing where it's, where it's, I, I've had it even on the other side of glass. So I've disabled the infrared. I don't, I don't care about that. I've got a light at the door that, that makes that bright enough. I can see enough things that are out there. And then I leave the red light on just cause it, people can see it, you know, right. it's like, um, Oh, there's a camera up there. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and so, I ordered another one this week. I've been kind of going um, back and forth on do I want to put a do I want to put a ring um, light that has the camera in it the the, the not the what do they call that the uh, floodlight flood yeah floodlight yeah. not the two ones the one where the lights built into the box so it's square it's got a it's got a um, um, it's got the sensor down below and then it's got the camera in it as well. And I'd get yep. a powered one cause there's power there. Yeah. hundred and those are 199. You can get them refurbed for 159. I got this one for 40. So it was like, exactly. I, yeah. I don't know if I need another ring cam out there. I'm already paying for two. These are free. I have another seat available in, um, Sighthound, Sighthound that I can use. So it seemed like I'm going to start this way and do the backyard that way what do you what do you got 
Well, okay, so don't use this as a judgment of quality because this is coming in from Blue Iris, which is toned down for my network. Like, this is just showing. But here's an example. So this bottom center, this is the camera that Jim's talking about. That's pretty far away from my house. This is outside. So you can actually, this is this camera is right up against the wall. And that reflection in the camera is the camera that we're talking about, that DL936L. So it's far away, never have any issues. It's out there in the heat, in the cold. It's that far away from the house for Wi-Fi purposes, and it works perfectly. Um, love it for a Wi-Fi camera. And this is what I needed because right here, I right where this camera is located, I don't have hardwire. Mo- every single one of these, with the exception of this camera and this camera, are hardwired, um, usually PoE. But there are certain times where that doesn't work. And so a camera like that is great. It's black. It blends right in. No one even notices it's there. Looks good. Yeah. yeah, so I got an, I got another one coming. I'm wondering, this is I run nine cameras. Um, I in this camera you can't see me. I'm over here to the left. If I back up, you probably could see my butt real. Quick. Oh, there it is. There's my chair. Uh, <laughs> over on the left side there. But yeah, that, these are the nine cameras I run all around the house. Yeah. No. And I, I'm using a combo um, here. Let me actually share my screen on this one. Hold on. We'll we'll stop sharing here. Let me reshare it so I can share the entire. This is kind of what I look at uh, during the day. Let me flip this back over to the dashboard. And so I've been, I use, I kind of use a hybrid solution. So the the two screens on the on the left are ring. So if you go to their website and it takes a picture, I don't know, every couple minutes and updates it. So it's not real time. So the ring cameras are not coming in. It's not like I'm seeing real time, but I have, notifications for that. It's kind of nice to be able to see what's going on outside. You know, like, okay, I'm down here in the dungeon. And they're such high quality cameras. That's what I love about the ring. Those things are crystal clear. Yeah. And they're really good at what they do. I mean, they're just, they're good for that. Right. And then down below is, uh, is the, the Sighthound down here. And like I said, I've got room for another camera that's in there. So I have the two camera plan. So it's like, okay, it makes sense. I'll have two here and then two through the ring. That's four cameras for me. And then I have one in the garage that is on a Zmoto cam, the one that I reviewed. And I, I can use the app. If I want to see what's going on in the garage, I can log into the app. On the on my, I've got a couple devices on my desk that I can use to log in. So that's how I'm doing it. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to have, have it all in one kind of dashboard. Yeah. Not necessary. Not totally necessary no. for me. No. It's yeah, that, it depends on what you want. That's why, you know, Blue Iris has been working well for me. I'm Jim, I'm still back and forth. I cannot decide if I want to go back to Sidehound or not. Uh, Blue Iris has not been enough of a winner for me. Um, it's been cool in some regards, not in the other. And I, I, to be honest, I'd probably go back to Sidehound. If I want, if I, once I have a weekend to devote to it, I'll probably end up going back to Sidehound only because I'm not here all the time anymore. And the, really the main reason was I had all nine up on this monitor and it was really nice to have. And Sighthound, I just, I couldn't get a good view like that. I couldn't do what I just showed you with Sighthound. But uh, yeah. it's, it's both are great. And really, all you need is to know, all I use mine for is, are people there? Right. I have right. I have yet to, and I will, and eventually something bad will happen. I have yet to have like, hey, something bad happened. Can you go look at your cameras right. and see right. if you saw them? Yeah. Um, most of my cameras are 720. I only have two that are uh, 4K. Actually, I don't have any that are 1080. Isn't that weird? I either have 720 or 4K. So I have <laughs> cameras. I have a bunch of 720 cameras because they're all the old Cox communications, uh, whatever security system they use yeah. for yeah. 
I ordered a bunch of those because they were really cheap. Everyone was getting rid of that system and you had to hack them. So I hacked in using URL stuff uh, to make them work. But so I wouldn't be able to read a, a, a license plate if I wanted to. Yeah, no, and I couldn't and I, and I wouldn't. I get a lot of notifications on that D-Link camera, the DCS camera is a D-Link camera. Uh, I get a lot of notifications because I see the cars go by. It's a pretty busy street. I've tried blocking them out. It doesn't really work. Um, uh, but I, I don't see license plates and I don't really want to, I see deer from time to time. The squirrel makes an appearance. We, uh, uh Terrence is his name. We've named him and Terrence makes an, an, an appearance. Smudge the cat makes an appearance. He comes, he comes through from time to time. So it's kind of fun from, and then of course, during the pandemic, Mike, I saw my, all my neighbors were out walking. You know, everybody was out taking walks. Kidding, yeah. My down now. The one area I I haven't quite masked out yet on my front door cam, where you can see the sidewalk, and it's like people walking all the time. It sets it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's good to see people out. Mask off. I don't want you to go highlight that area and be like, don't don't look there, please. Just don't do that. Uh, Jim Jim had mentioned he gave away that scanner at the meetup, so he no longer has it. He said one thing about my dad's slides is that that they wrote on the edges. You know, it's paper on the edge. People's dates, et cetera. None of that scans into the picture, right? So he took an index photo of everything before he sent the slides, which is a good idea. Uh, Jim, thanks for that as well. Tony makes a good point that daily photo digests from Amazon are also great. And so, you know, that's in the new digital world. Like you can get these. I use Google Photos for that. And they do a pretty great job of reminding me of things. And, you know, the more I take, it automatically uploads now. I never have to worry about getting my phone backed up, it automatically goes there. Um, and those reminders are pretty cool when you see those. Sometimes they're not so cool. You're like, man, I was fat. Well, my mom, uh, come on, my mom, Hannah was super impressed. We got back from vacation and the next morning we woke up, she's like, oh, it's all of our vacation photos showing up on the Google uh, home. And I'm like, it's just automatic. I don't, I'm not even doing anything. She thought that was really cool. Works out pretty great. Jim says the company he used about 10 years ago no longer sees around. I'd probably just go to Costco and get the slides done today. So, Maybe I'll look into that as well. I'm considering uh, Costco for a bunch of eight millimeter family videos. Maybe get two done as a test. Jim, if you do take them into Costco, let me know. Love to know if uh, if that works uh, for you. Um, Andrew says, I'm sad that if I send negatives in today uh, to get them developed, you don't get them back. You don't even get a disc. You get a link to download them. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% digital from that standpoint. Yeah, right? I'm not going to ship it back. You have high-res photos. Do you need the negatives? But I get True. it. The, I guess the, no. You got rid of them, right? You, you transferred to digital so no, you could. I get it. If you want them, like if you want them, you want yep. them back, right? Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, and then Joe says the next squirrel has to be named Philip. So we'll, we'll have to consider that uh, as well. Terrence, we can tell Terrence has a V in his um, tail. And he's the only squirrel in the neighborhood that has a V cut. He must have got it stuck in something because you can see this big gouge out of the back of his tail. So we can tell Terrence. And we feed Terrence uh, peanuts and those kinds of things. And my squirrel going to go down to you because squirrels in my yard don't last long enough to get named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Petey gets a hold of him. We did. I did. Uh, while you were gone, I killed a, um, I killed a uh, groundhog? Mole. Mole. I was on a mole hunt. Did I, have we talked about this? No. We're not going to talk about it here. Okay, yeah. that'll that'll be in the post show. We a uh, <laughs> little bit, little bit. I guess I didn't bring it up. I really so I, to, I, talk, I talked about it on Ask the Podcast Coach. Yeah, you were like when I said I killed. You were like, 
where are you going with this, Jim? I'm like, this is interesting because yeah, I thought I was the only weirdo. Where are you going? Anything else, Mike? Um, There was, and now I'm totally forgetting what it was. I was going to mention something at the very end, and we might have... Oh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I also, just another call to the community. I want to know what Docker containers you guys are running for network monitoring. So I have been listening. Thank you to JP Simmons for suggesting the self-hosted podcast. I'm addicted, straight addicted. I've been plowing through episodes while I've been working for the past two days. So really cool. They have been covering, they run Docker on like a Raspberry Pi. And this guy just randomly listed off like 10 things he's running for network monitoring that I thought were super cool. So um, write in, send us a tweet at Uyghur Tech. Put it, preferably put it in Discord. That'd be great. Um, I heard about Smoke Ping. If you guys have used Smoke Ping, let me know. Pie hole I'm familiar with. Pie hole is a very popular one. Uh, but when I heard of smoke ping, like there were all these that everyone's like, oh yeah, those are basic. And I had no idea. And I am a huge fan of network monitoring. I have Docker on Unraid, super easy. So uh, that's just, that was the one thing I was going to mention. Let us know what you are using for network monitoring Docker container specifically, because I want to run it on on Unraid. So yes, thank you. All right. No, there you go. A couple of reminders before you go. Mike mentioned Discord. The average guy.tv slash Discord gets you in there. Some great conversations. It slowed down a little bit the last couple of weeks, but it's uh it, it has its moments. And so deals, barbecue, not enough cigar talk in there. I need to get that to be honest. I need to get that rolling up pretty well. Some deals happening, some great stuff I'm home networking. So it had it had, man, it had been on fire for a while. Then it kind of slowed yeah. down a little bit. Still pretty active though. Yeah, so jump back in. Love to have you. The averageguy.tv slash discord. Don't forget if you want to support us here, if you want to do that, we have a, we do have a Patreon account, the averageguy.tv slash Patreon. Gets that there. My email address, Jim at the averageguy.tv. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Jay Collison, Mike is at Uyghur Tech. A big thanks to Christian over at Maple Grove Partners. Uh, by the way, send a note to Christian this weekend. Christian at the averageguy.tv. He's getting married on Saturday. So is he really? yeah, another hey. All right. Yeah, another another one bites the dust. So, right. Christian, it was nice knowing you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so that's when it really that's when it really goes I down. Know. Yeah, I started having kids, right? So, uh, congratulations, Christian. But of course, Maple Grove Partners, big sponsor of the show over the years. He's done it all ten years. We've been doing this. By the way, starting to think about our ten year anniversary show coming up December. I think it's December third. And so we'll be doing some things. Already starting to think about that at the 10-year anniversary mark. I think we did it. Maybe we thought we did a 10-year anniversary show. <laughs> it's the wrong date. I don't know. Anyways, coming up this December. Seems like I thought we did this. Maybe we cut, Maybe we got nine. I don't know. Christian, thanks for your support. MapleGrovePartners.com if you want to get hosting. And uh, it's just some of the best hosting in the whole wide world. And so get that out there. Plan start as little as 10 bucks. Don't forget, you can get the app HomeGadgetGeeks.com. We are live every Thursday, just about every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Next week, are you here, Mike? Next week? Yes, I am here. Samantha is coming. So sweet. Yeah. So uh, Samantha's on the show. We have a week off for my mom's birthday. I'll be traveling out to Colorado Springs, and then we're back with a whole list of people, and I'll be scheduling some of you uh, to be on here as well. We're Facebook friends, Jim, and I've 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 wanted to comment on a few posts. I'm like, I don't know if we're that close yet. So maybe after next week, I'll feel comfortable, like you know, Uh, with Sammy. You yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, you should. No, you totally should. Oh she God, she adores you, Mike. Oh, my dad's weird friend. She, no, she thinks you're pretty cool. She right. she thinks you're pretty cool. Hey, she came down here the other day, and I was listening to Windows Weekly and Paul and Mary Jo. She recognized their voices without even without even a hitch. Yeah, she knows. She's listened to enough podcasts with me 
that she she could she could tell you Paul Thrott, uh what he says and how grumpy he is. So we are live Thursday evenings, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Join us live if you can. Love to have you do it. If you're listening live, stay around for a few minutes of post show. We got a little story to tell. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.